Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Good morning, Impact City. Good morning. It's so good to see you today. I'm excited to welcome you. I'm going to invite you to take your seats as we wrap up our series today, Fresh Air. And as we prepare to turn in our fast, we are excited for the things that God is doing in our lives. And we know that the best is yet to come. Amen. We know the best is yet to come. We live in expectation because of the God that we serve. Amen. We can live in expectation of great things, of incredible things because of who we serve. Amen. We keep our focus on him. All right. So we're here. You made it. And, and it's been uh, an incredible January. And we're excited for this final message of this series the, the whole objective, the whole goal has been to be able to put some fresh air uh, back into your life. Uh, the theme verse of this series, and we'll cover it and we'll look at it one, one last time. Um, but the whole objective, the whole theme, the whole focus of this has been trying to get us out of the doldrums spiritually. And that's something that I talked to you about on week one. The doldrums is, is a place right by the equator, uh, right where the northern uh, hemisphere and the southern hemisphere meet. There is no air. There is no wind. There is nothing. And, and if you get stuck there, it is just impossible to move. And it, no matter how much you try on your own, because there's no wind, you're stuck there. And and some of us may have been in that place spiritually, but with God's help, we are progressing and we're getting out of there. We're establishing some healthy habits that are going to be able to be beneficial to our spiritual, uh, our spiritual walk. So just looking at catching some momentum, amen, looking at catching some momentum. So our theme verse of this series is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. If you have the version app, I'd invite you to open that up. My outline is there. And once again... Here Paul is writing to his son Timothy, to his spiritual son Timothy, and he says this, May the Lord bless Onesiphorus and all his family. Let's not just bless him, but let's bless all his family because he visited me and he encouraged me often. His visits revived me like a breath of fresh air. And he was never ashamed of my being in jail. And I truly hope that this series has revived you. I truly hope that this series has put some fresh air back into yourselves. And I want to tell you that today's topic, today's topic has the potential to put wind in yourselves like no other. And if you'll just capture it, if you'll just give me your attention for just a few moments, um, we'll, we'll be able to cover this. And, I, and it's so important because what I'm going to talk about, it's something that we can get away from and we can just drift away and sometimes actually accidentally. And what I'm talking about is fellowship. What I'm talking about is fellowship. And, and some of us may have been in the doldrums when it comes to fellowship and when it comes to just having community and being able to connect and having that spiritual network that God designed us to have. So the, the verse for this particular message is in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25. And it says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So I want to show you why that is important, the meeting together. And I know what you're thinking, well, we're here today. We're here. You're talking to the wrong crowd. It's not just talking about us assembling here together, but it is also talking about, it's talking about having community in a 
personal circle or your sphere of influence. So before I do that, I want to tell you uh, on Onesiphorus, when, when we see this guy that's really never mentioned in the Bible up until we read um, this particular scripture, Paul mentions him in such an incredible way. Paul mentions him in such an incredible and positive way. He says, his visits revived me. Can I tell you that I need an Onesiphorus in my life? Amen. I need an Onesiphorus. I need somebody that can just revive me with their, their presence, with their visit, with their words. And I also, in turn, I want to be an Onesiphorus to you. I want to be an Onesiphorus to you. I want to build you up. I want to build you up, but we also need someone to build us up. Amen? So this is the whole point in what Paul is trying to talk about because we need some encouragement in our lives. Amen? Everywhere you look, there is discouragement. It seems that everywhere you look, there's some bad news that someone is going to share. Your problem will discourage you. The situation that you're facing, the weight that's on your shoulder will discourage you. Situations at home, situations at work with your boss or with other co-workers, situations at school will discourage you. Your health will discourage you. Amen? But I, I don't need people adding to that. There's already enough negativity that is taking place. I need to be surrounded by people who will speak blessing into my life. You need to be surrounded by people who will speak blessing into your life. I need someone to speak life into me. I need people who will lift me up when I'm having trouble holding myself up. I, I need people in my circle. You need people in your circle that can say, I know it's hard right now, but, but just keep your eyes on Jesus. And we're going to walk through this together. We're going to get through this together. It's just a moment. It's just a season. This too shall pass. The God that we serve, he is able. He can do anything. But I also want you to know that while you're going through it, I'm here with you. If you're down and out, I'm going to be down and out with you. When you are in your hardest moment, I'm going to be right there. with. We need some people that can say, you know what? I'm going to stick by you. Amen. I'm going to stick by you. And I'm going to stand by your side. So why walk alone is a question that comes to mind. Why walk alone? Why walk alone? That, I want to talk about that for just a few moments. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 8. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down anyway. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. And there was no end. Look at what the result was. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. It's possible to have a crowd around you, but still feel alone. It's possible to have people around you, but people that you don't let in. And, and it's still possible to feel alone. It's possible to have company, but still be lonely. God had never intended for you to walk alone. The Bible tells us of this particular man, we don't know his name, but this man who had no one around him, he found himself always working and he built up his wealth. Yeah, he sure did. But when he looked at his wealth, there was no contentment in him 
because he found himself just constantly putting out, exporting. And at the end of the day, the Bible tells us that his eyes were not content with his wealth. Can I tell you, there's some things that cannot be substituted. Amen. There are some things that God designed us for, to have relationships, to have healthy relationships. And and while we're trying to fill them with other things, with staying busy, with, with going here or going there, it cannot replace the power of community. Amen. He was trying to fill it with other things. And, and maybe that's you today. Maybe that's me today trying to fill the void that God created in us for us that he intended for us to be, have filled by community. And we're looking at filling it with other things. And we haven't been able to find contentment. That's why we're still looking. That's why we're still searching. That's why there's still that void. That's, there's still that emptiness because we have not been able to connect with people and to collect, connect relationally the way God wants us to. We're just constantly looking for the next thing and the next thing because that didn't do it. Maybe that will do it. And we're still unhappy and we're still searching for something. So I want to look at a few reasons today that why we may be walking alone. And I, I just want to share ju- these from my heart. There, there may be a few reasons. And maybe this is you. Maybe all of them are you. Maybe none of them are you. But let's take a look at them. The first one is naivety. Never, what that means, it comes from the word just to be naive, where you never took the time to form relationships. It's never been a priority. It's never been something that's been at the forefront of your mind. You've never taken time to invest in other people. People maybe have never, you've never allowed people to to have that opportunity to build you up. Maybe you were never in an environment, where in an environment where that was important important, where that was necessary, where it was just something that it was instilled in you as a priority and you've just never made time for it. Maybe we are just in this situation that we've never had anyone encourage us to say, hey, you know what, you should join a small group. Hey, hey, you know what, you should just connect with somebody that is of like mind, someone that has gone through what you're going through, and let them help you walk through them together to know that the God that helped them is, is the same God that can help you. And some of us in this place may be in, in a situation, in a place in life where we like to do things on our own. We just like to do things on our own, or we think we can do it all on our own, that we just have that approach, we just have that mentality that I'm, I'm okay by myself. Don't, don't get in my circle. Don't join me. Just, just say hi to me. Some of us are perfectly fine with coming in to church and having no one say hi to us and just leaving and getting out of here. I, I heard this funny story of Muhammad Ali. You remember the, the, the famous boxer, um, Muhammad Ali, he was sitting on an airplane and the, he forgot to buckle his seatbelt. So the flight attendant comes and tells him, uh, excuse me, sir, you need to buckle, buckle your seatbelt. And he said, Superman don't need no, no seatbelt. And the flight attendant very quickly responds and says, Superman don't need no plane either. Now buckle up. So some of us may have that Muhammad Ali approach that I can do it on my own. That I, I, can, I can be able to, to do whatever I need to do. But can I tell you, can I encourage you that we're better together? 
Can I encourage you and tell you that there is some untapped potential that God is waiting to release by you just connecting with somebody else and just joining together and saying, you know what, let's get together and, and let's be able to walk this thing out together. I heard this incredible story uh, of this small group of men where one of the men was diagnosed with cancer and as he underwent chemotherapy, every single man in that small group shaved their head alongside with the man that was battling cancer. If you're going to go through it, we're going to go through it together. We need to surround ourselves with people who say, I'm here to hold you up. When life gets too difficult, I'm going to hold you up. Uh, the, the God that we serve, yes, he's able, but come on, let's, let's tap into the potential that we have in joining together and being connected and having fellowship and having community. I just want to encourage you, just step out. Embrace it and see how it changes your life. The second thing that, that maybe holds us back is temperament. Temperament, that means that we, we feel awkward. For some of us, it's hard, especially men. It's hard for us to open up and for us to really talk about what's going on in our lives. Uh, some of us say, I don't like to hang around people. Some of us are just comfortable in that. And, and you say, well, that's just the way I am. That's just the way God created me. No, God created you to have healthy relationships. You, you can't just stick to yourself. Again, I want to encourage you and tell you that it's critically important that maybe you're not used to it. Maybe you, your personality, you, you say that, it, that I, I wasn't created to have that kind. Yes, you were. That's what we were put on this earth here for, to have communion. To have communion. So, so let's, let's debunk that in Jesus' name. And let's get to a point where we can remove the barriers, amen, and we can remove the obstacles that stand in our way. What's the next thing? Fear. Fear. Some of us have this mentality that if we join a small group, what, what's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to us? We'll find all different types of excuses. We'll tell each other. We'll, we'll tell ourselves, should I say, I can't trust People, what's it going to be like if I join this small group that, that you're encouraging me to do? Are they going to sit me down in the center and pray for me? Don't worry about that. We don't do that till the second week. I'm joking. I know the unknown is uncomfortable. I know the unknown is uncomfortable. Getting to a place that you've never been to before and you're going to get there and what are we going to talk about? What's, what's it going to, to be like? I realize that fear is a real reason in some of us, but we just have to remove it in Jesus' name. We just have to cast fear out and we have to know that maybe that is the one obstacle that is standing in the way of you creating some of the most meaningful, life-giving, healthy, life-building relationships that you could ever imagine. Let's, let's do away with fear. Again, I'm going to encourage you. Let's move fear out of the way. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. God is love and he is in us and we can do away with fear. And you know what? If that is the one thing that is standing in our way, could it be that, that there is so much future, a bright future ahead of us that, that if we could just remove it and it's, it's pro, it, it could be paralyzing some of us here today to be able to, to venture out. But we're going to get past that in Jesus' name. Another thing is past experiences. 
past experiences because some of us have been let down by people. Let's just be honest and let's talk about it. Some of us have been let down by people. It could be immediate family. It could be broken relationships of the past. Some of us have really been let down by broken relationships, and that has, that has resulted in us creating a wall that we don't let people in. So I'll just stick to myself because of the past experience that I have had, not being able to, to let people in. And, and you've thought about it, and you've, and you've said to yourself, maybe, maybe I'll give it another chance. Maybe I'll give it another try. But you've never been, able, never been able to fully commit and just go all in and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this. What, what if your past experience was just a demise or, or a strategy from the enemy to keep you from experiencing the blessing of having relationships and the blessing of having community? Because I can assure you that two are better than one. Two are better than one. The Bible says that one could chase a thousand and two could chase ten thousand. And I know some of us are thinking, I'm I'm good with a thousand. I'll just do it by myself. But imagine how much more you can accomplish together. Two could chase ten thousand. That's not addition and that's not multiplication. That's something that only God can do. There's power in having relationships and we need healing. Some of us need healing in, in, in our spirits and in our minds uh, to be able to get past the point uh, of our past experiences and embrace the, the complete fullness of what God has for us. Amen. What he has designed for us in our lives. The next thing is busyness because uh, this is so important because this one, one particular point is messing with every single one of our, er with every single one of our lives and in every area of our life. You hear it all the time. I don't have time for it. I'm just too busy. I don't have time to, to sit down and have time for a small group because we have let the world set the agenda for us. We have let the world tell us what is important. There's so much going on and there's so much noise that we have said yes to so many obligations and so many different things that we are neglecting the thing that is actually important to us. I invite you, analyze your schedule. Break down your agenda. Reprioritize because I can tell you your life would be better if you had the power of relationships. power of relationships. So let's So let's talk about this just in a little bit more detail. How many of you remember the the sitcom Cheers? You're just showing our age to everybody. You guys have no idea what we're talking about. A former pitcher has this bar, and uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you why I'm bringing this up. The, the theme song says, I want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came, right? The problem that I have with that is a bar can't be the answer. The church should be the answer. I, we should be excited to come here because people know our name here because we make the, the intentional choice to go out and say, hey, I'm so glad you joined us today. 
I'm so excited to see what God's going to do in your life. So how do we do that in church? Because it's impossible for you to say hi to everybody in this place before you leave. We do that. I'm glad you asked. We do that through small groups. We do that, do that through small groups. And we are going to have sign-ups next Sunday. And I want you to already be praying and thinking about what group you're going to join. We do them in three semesters. We start them in the spring. We, start, we have some in the summer. We have them in the fall. Some groups do take the summer off. So two semesters for some. And why do we do it like this? Because we want everyone to have the opportunity to join a group at the beginning of a semester. Because we don't want you to come in and join the group halfway through. And can I tell you that it is our vision here at Impact City Church that every single one of you be in a group. Not for any other reason, but to have you joined with other believers. To have you connected with other people who can look out for you. Who can call you weekly and check in on you. I, I'm standing here today as your pastor feeling pretty responsible to make sure that you are cared for. To make sure that you're loved. To make sure that you're supported. And in a church this size... It is important for us to have small groups because as we continue to grow in Jesus' name, it is important that small groups remain a, a, a valued part, a vital part of who we are as a church because community is who we are. Having unity is who we are. I want to make sure that you reach your full potential in God together. My, my greatest goal for you is that I would play a role in your success. Amen. Your success. It is about your success. And the way that we do that, the way I, can, the way I know how to teach you is to get you plugged into a small group that you could have people in your circle that love on you, that pray for you by name. Each day. Romans chapter 12 verse 5. Look what Paul says. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. And we all belong to each other. Look at your neighbor and tell him you belong with me. Now look at your second choice and tell him you belong with me. You belong with me. We belong to each other. There is a place here for you. There is a place here for you. God sees the potential inside of you, and he is waiting for us to connect together. He is waiting for us to connect together to be able to do what he has called us to do. Amen. So I want to talk. The final thing that I want to do today is I want to talk about four things, four things that are just certain areas of our lives. And I truly believe that small groups will touch every single one of these areas. All right. Are you ready? Number one is the arena. And this is known as I know you, I know, and you know. So every single one of us has this aspect in our lives. So when you come to church and you see me, you see a certain aspect of me, but you don't see everything about me. I see a certain aspect of you, but I don't see everything that there is to be about you. So each of us get to know uh, each other in this certain capacity, the arena. This is a, there is a part of every person that if you come here, you'll, you'll catch a glimpse of who they are, 
of, of what they do. But, but you don't, you're not fully able to understand every single thing because it is impossible to just catch a person in a glimpse. That's why we need community. We can all know something about everyone. Amen. We can all know something about everyone. But here's what it comes down to. I need people who really know me. I need people who really know me. What does 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11 says? For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. There is a part of everyone here that cannot be seen. But getting you plugged in, getting you connected, getting you to be part of community. And the best way to do that is through small groups here. Getting you prayed for, as I mentioned, by name each day in a small group that when all of us are facing something, we need someone there in our corner to encourage us. We need someone there in our corner to pray for us and say, I know what you're going through and I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to stand in in, uh, agreement with you and believe that God is going to do what only he can do the arena the second thing is the mask and this is known as I know but you don't know because there's areas of yourself that you know but when I get close or when anybody gets close you put up a mask you don't know every one of us has a side that no one knows But we need someone who knows what's behind the mask. Some of us can only find healing when we put the mask down and say, can I tell you what's really going on inside of me? Can I tell you what I'm really facing? Can you, can you, can I tell you wholeheartedly and you not judge me and you not criticize me, but you stand there in agreement? The Bible says that those that are spiritual, when, when someone falls, that those that are spiritual help those people up and they restore them. I don't talk about you. I don't criticize you. I don't judge you because we're all imperfect and we all make mistakes, but we all need to The Bible says seven times the righteous falls, but seven times he gets back up again. So if you've fallen here today, you can take off the mask and know that somebody's going to pray for you. And someone's going to love you. And someone's going to say, you know what? Hey, I've been there before. And I got back on my feet. And I know God can do it for you also. Let's take off the mask and let's, let's expose our real pain and our real hurt and let's let God ch- change our lives through the power of relationships. So this is what, I need people who will protect me. The sum of the mask is I need people who will protect me me for you to build the confidence to have someone in your corner look at what paul says in second corinthians 4 2 we refuse to wear masks and play games rather we keep everything we do and say out in the open the bible is very clear that god is the one who forgives none of us in this room have the power to forgive the bible says that if we confess our sins to him that he is faithful and righteous that he is faithful to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness god is the only one that forgives but can i tell you that you can find accountability in god's people to not end up in the same trap 
You can find accountability in God's people to not end up in the same temptation. What does James 5.16 say? Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Because the truth is that, that when we go to God for forgiveness, God's people are there to help us heal and to ensure that we don't go back to the same habit. And that we don't go back to the same temptation. And that we don't go back to the same issues that are causing so much turmoil in our lives. There has to be people that can stand alongside you, that can pray for you, that can call you and say, hey, hey, I'm just checking on you. Are you okay today? Are you? And they call them back the next day and say, hey, I, I know that this is a tough week for you, but I, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. I'm believing that God's going to do uh, what is impossible in your life. I, I'm here. I'm checking. Hey, and then the, ne- then, then the, the next day, I'm getting tongue twisted here. The next day comes along and then you text that person and then you're telling them, hey, I'm just checking on you again. Hey, I love you. And I send them an encouraging verse that says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or or, the Lord is my light and my salvation, of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the light of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Just something to be able to check on that person because you know what's really going on. You know what's really going on when you take the mask off. The third thing is a blind spot. I know, and this is intended, this is described as I don't know, but you know. This is, I don't know, but you know. It's something that we don't see of ourselves, but everybody else sees it. Really, I act that way? Yeah, yeah, we all see it. We all see it. It's the chocolate in the teeth. We need people who will tell us the truth. We need people who will tell us the truth. We have blind spots. We all have them. And we need people to say, hey, have you really thought about that the way you need to be thinking about it? Have you really looked at it from this particular lens? Have you really looked at it from this? Have you considered this? People that, get, that have that confidence to be able to share that with you. I heard the story of a pastor who got up on stage and um, forgot to do something very essential. And one of the assistant pastors walks right by to the front and just starts going like this. And he was like, oh, my. So he said, turn to your neighbor and tell him it's good to see you. He turned around and just quickly took care of it. But there needs to be some people in your life that can tell you the truth even when it's awkward. Yeah. So one of my sweet aunts at a funeral, she will remain nameless. Um, She is greeting, you know, you see everybody at funerals. Um, She is greeting everybody, and she has red lippy stick right on her two front teeth, greeting everybody, smiling the night away, saying hi to everybody. But when I saw her, I didn't have the confidence because I didn't know her on that level to be able to tell her something because I didn't know if she was going to slap me or, or do something like that. So I didn't know what her reaction was going to be like. I could not tell her. What am I, what am I trying to tell you? Uh, one of her children finally had to say, Mom, have you looked at yourself? 
immediately. But it had to, you have to have that confidence and that proximity with somebody to be able to say, hey, you really need to go check your nose in the restroom. Or you need to do some. You, we need people in our lives. And I'm, I'm making light of it in the physical. But we need people that are going to tell us, hey, you know what? Hey, you, you should be careful there. We need people in our lives to tell us, hey, you, you should really be cautious in that area. We need people to cover our blind spots, uh, that what I can't see, that you can see for me. And because I know that you love me and you care for me, you're going to tell me the truth. What we were, I got asked a question about a, a scenario that was another pastor was facing. And I was put on the spot, and, you know, we talked about it, and we dialogued. Later, one of the elders from the church pulled me aside and said, Pastor, I love you, and I just want you to know that if you were in this, that situation, I'd tell you, you better check yourself. And you know what? I was appreciative because I know that individual loves me and cares for me and is there not to criticize me, not to be hateful and say, you are absolutely horrible, or, or to put me down, but he is there watching out for me. We need people like that in our lives people like that in our lives. This is a good preaching. Amen. Amen. This is good preaching. I need people who will be honest with me. Look what Proverbs 27, 6 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. We need a circle of people that can tell us what we don't see. And the last point, the worship team will join. Potential. Number one, the arena. I know and you know. Number two, the mask. I know, but you don't know. Number three, blind spots. I don't know, but you know. You see it. The last thing is potential. So small groups has the, the realiz, you, through, through small groups, you have the realization to be able to touch these four areas, potential. And this is identified as I don't know and you don't know. I don't know and you don't know. Then the question I know you're asking is, well, then who knows? God does. God does. What does that mean? He devised a plan for you to reach your potential. He devised a plan for you to reach your potential that through the body of Christ, through the power of a team, that's why we have a, a dream team here and that's why we've started a dream team central where our dream team members can come and they, they just hang out. Before you get here, there's community. There's fellowship, and we invite you. There's room for you to join. We don't do it so much because we need people. We do it because you have an opportunity to embrace your God-given ability and your God-given talent and use it for the best, the most satisfying thing that there can be on this earth, and that is serving God and serving people. Each Dream Team member is a, is a support team in and of itself. All of us need a place where we can reach our full potential. And the more you connect with the body, 
we are the body. The more you connect with the body, the more you grow. It has the supporting ligaments that you need to be able to continue to see the growth in your life. That, and as we go through this together, that as we discover our, our purpose and our God-given abilities together, that we need to surround ourselves with people who will grow us. Who will grow us. The potential that we don't know yet, but that we're going to get there together. Amen. That we're going to realize it together. Amen. That our eyes will see it together. Eh. We're going to figure it out together. Look what Proverbs 27, 17 says. I love this verse. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I need you to sharpen me. I, I need you to sharpen me. I, I want to sharpen you. I want you to experience all that God has for you. And the last verse that I'll share is in Proverbs 18, 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But watch this. But there is a friend. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I, we don't need, we just don't need companions but we need friends. We don't need people just around us for the sake of being around us, but we need people who, who can stick closer than a brother. And I want to tell you, I encourage you, get connected. It will be huge and it will be instrumental in your spiritual growth. And together we will see all that he has for us. Together we will see all that he has for us. Amen. In Jesus' name, would you bow your heads? Father, we thank you. We thank you in this moment. We thank you in this moment, God, that you are a God that reminds us of the avenues that we can take to reach our potential in you. There are things in our lives that only you can do. And there are things in our lives that we will never be able to tap into without the power of fellowship and the power of relationships. God, right now I ask that you remove every obstacle. I, remove, I ask that you remove every barrier. Whether we've been naive, whether our temperament, whether fear, whether busyness, whatever it has been, God, that has just been an obstacle standing in our way, God, that you would just put everything in its place, that we could be able to be linked up, that we could be joined, that we could be connected, and that we could experience you like we've never experienced you before. God, that through the power of relationships, that the healing that we've been looking for, that the healing that we've been needing would happen and would occur, that we would be able, God, to be in a place, that we would be able to be situated and positioned to receive all that you have for us. God, right now, I come against everything that is contrary to your spirit and to your word. God, right now, I thank you for making a way where there is no way. I thank you for doing what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. With every, with every 
eye closed and every head bowed. I don't want to close this service up without giving you an opportunity. If you are in this place today, and maybe this is your first time visiting us, maybe this is a day that you say, I want to give my life to Christ. And you want to take that step and say, this is the first step in being able to receive all that God has for you. Accept him as Lord and Savior. If that is you with every eye closed, every head bowed, I want to invite you to raise your hand right where you're at. Because I want to, we want to pray with you and we want to pray for you. Amen. I see you. So everyone at the sound of my voice, would you please pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and making a way for me to come to God. I receive this gift and ask you to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. I give you all of me and ask you to turn my life around for your glory. Fill me with your spirit and help me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give God praise for everyone that accepted him today? Would you stand? Would you stand? It will, it will change your life. I hope in this series that you have been able to get to a place where you enjoy prayer, where you've been able to use God's word, where you've been able to worship in, in a new and rejuvenating way. And I pray that you're able to connect to people of like-minded thought, that you would be able to experience all that God has for you. We, if, you are, if you feel called and you just say, you know what, I, I want to I lead a small group. We have a sign-up sheet at our Next Steps counter. There's going to be an address up on our screen where you can sign up online. If you want to lead a small group, we will personally connect with you this week to make sure that we're ready to launch next week. So come next week ready to, be, to sign up. But if you want to lead, I invite you to sign up. Curriculum, all those things we'll figure out. But if you just want to have community and, and get people together and love on them and encourage each other, this is your opportunity. Let's tap into all that God has for us.